Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. To learn more about the church, feel free to drop by fredericksdachurch.org. Sin can overwhelm us, and Mario Torres brings hope in the midst of our failures and assures us by the Apostle Peter's example how Jesus still loves us even when we've sinned and denied him. My sermon this morning, if you have seen your, your bulletin, is, is entitled, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. And I must confess to you this morning that this was not something I came up with. In fact, the idea for this sermon came from my daughter, Adriana. You see, a few, um, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, we were visiting the Sligo Seventh-day Adventist Church, and we heard a wonderful sermon regarding the second coming of Jesus Christ. We were so blessed as a family that morning, and as we were making our way back home, we were in the car just talking about how wonderful it is to hear a message, a message so basic to our faith. When Adriana all of a sudden exclaimed from the back seat, Daddy, I have a sermon for you. I have something that you can preach about. How about if you preach a sermon called Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, Because the Bible Tells Me So, just like the song. My wife and I looked at each other and, and with big smiles on our faces. And we realized at that very moment that the Holy Spirit inspired Adriana to bring that to our attention. And so we could not ignore that prompting. You see, it is only proper that this sermon be preached this weekend You see, friends, Adriana turned 10 years old yesterday. And we know that Jesus is with her and is guiding her evangelist heart all the way. But there's one thing that Adriana knows better than a lot of people I see. She knows and understands that Jesus loves her because the Bible tells her so. And so because we believe that the Holy Spirit put that in her heart, I want to share with you this morning that Jesus. The one that children so plainly understand. The one that the Bible testifies of. I want to talk to you about his mercy, his sacrifice, his resurrection, and above all, his soon return. But before I dare to begin to study from this holy book, as always, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and pray with me. Father in heaven, we, we sense that your angels have, have surrounded this temple now. Lord, we can feel your presence here and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we ask you, Lord, that oh, we beg you to stay with us. Bless my lips as I pray. Bless my lips as I preach this sermon. And Lord, let it be your words that come out of my mouth. In Christ's name, amen. Jesus loves me, this I know. 
for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. All of us have heard the words of this song at some point of our lives. But I want to challenge you this morning to think about the simple testimony behind such words. In this time of of trouble, in this time of uncertainty, in this time where our world seems to be falling apart, can we believe that Jesus loves us? As we feel weakened by the challenges of this world, as we look at the markets collapsing, as we look at ourselves living paycheck to paycheck, and we see our marriages under fire, we see relationships failing in our personal lives and in our professional lives. We see our children facing temptations we could never imagine. Can we trust that Jesus loves us because the Bible tells us so? I want you to turn with me to the book of John. John chapter 13. The book of John chapter 13. But before we, um, we begin to read, I want to give you a little background of what is going on before we read. I want you to allow me to paint the picture for you. Here we find Jesus amongst his disciples. Hours, just hours before he is to lay down his life for all humanity. He is with his disciples, men who have seen him heal the sick. sick. They have seen him feed poor in body and spirit. And even raise the dead. But yet they are missing the whole purpose of his mission. They fail to, to see the bigger picture. And in this solemn moment in time when Jesus is showing his disciples the ordinances of communion, the ordinances that will remind us of his immense sacrifice until his triumphal return, Jesus is surrounded by men who are competing for status rather than seeking the kingdom of heaven. We see these disciples refusing to love each other with humble hearts. To the point, friends, that we find a loving master getting on his knees to wash their dirty feet. We find a savior breaking bread. But we can also see a traitor in their midst. Who towards the end of chapter 13 of the book of John, we see this Judas running off to betray Jesus to his enemies. And Jesus is dealing with selfish, self-centered, ignorant Betraying human beings, but Christians no less. Does that sound familiar to anybody here? 
You see, friends, but notwithstanding all of these things, we see Jesus reaching out. Reminding his disciples the basis of his law of love. The love, God, to love God above all things and to love each other as he loves us. Now that you have this picture, now that you have this background, I want you to come with me to John chapter 13, verse 31. And the word of God says this. Therefore, when he was gone out, talking about Judas now, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself. And shall straightway glorify him. Little children. Now Jesus is talking to his disciples as his kids. Little children. Yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I loved you, that ye also love one another. But this shall all men know, that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Friends, here we see Jesus foretelling his sacrifice. He is telling his disciples, listen, stop the griping. Stop looking at each other, you know, and see who is the most holy. Stop complaining and love one another as I have loved you. You see, I can see with my precious imagination, I can hear this grown man looking at the rabbi with curious eyes. But they still don't understand the magnitude of his love for them. Not understanding that the, that Father God was soon to glorify himself in his beloved son. That soon he, Jesus, would not be with them. They could not understand it. It was too much information. Instead of focusing on their master's emphasis of love, the only thing that registered in their selfish minds was the fact, listen to me, the only thing that registered in their selfish mind was the fact that where he, Jesus, was going, they could not go. It's incredible. You see, I can picture in my head, John, Thomas, Matthew, Peter, and the rest of them asking themselves, oh, what do you mean, Jesus? Ye cannot, cannot come? Well, what do you mean? We are always with you, Lord. We don't go anywhere without each other. And here the scene is set for Peter. Peter. Oh, restless Peter. Hot-tempered Peter, aggressive Peter, rough fisherman Peter. 
I mean, the brother never stays quiet. And in this occasion, if he stays quiet, he will burst. Here we find this Peter looking, you know, look at what Peter says in verse, verse 36. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him, whither I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. I mean, Peter was outraged. He was upset. He wanted to assure Jesus that he will follow him. Lord, why can I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. I promise you that. But you see, friends, even though Peter believed it, I mean, he felt it in his bones. Even though, you know, even though there was no doubt in his heart that he loved his master, he had a problem. The problem was that Peter was relying solely on himself, on his strength. His heart was not humble. And like Peter, oh friends, uh, like Peter, some of us believe that we can handle sin by ourselves. That we can handle temptation, that we can look for success and happiness in what the world's, this world has to offer. Some of us believe that we can fulfill God's purpose on our own. We are so busy searching for happiness and how we can fulfill God's purpose within ourselves that we forget that only through submission to Him, Jesus fulfills His purpose in us. I'll say amen for you. Amen. You see, unlike Peter, Jesus has reminded us with the reality that by ourselves, we fail. So in verse 38, Jesus said this. Jesus answered him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say, to, uh, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow, crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Imagine Peter's face. He believes that he will lay down his life for his master. He believes that he can withstand anything. In fact, he is so confident that he tells Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. But Peter had to listen to the bitter truth of his own frailty. Jesus tells him of his future denial. A betrayal that would take ponder 24 hours to come to pass. And I can see Peter's face of unbelief at the words coming out of his master's mouth. He can't imagine it. He can't even picture the possibility of denying his master. 
And he finds himself in distress, but in his unbelief and anguish. In this unbelief and anguish, friends, his Savior then extends a promise. He tells that restless disciple, don't let your heart be troubled. I want you to go with me to John chapter 14, verse 1. See, friends, let me give you a little insight note here. In the original text, in the Greek of the New Testament, there is no chapter modification. There's no punctuation. So John 13, 38 flows directly into John 14, 1. So the conversation between Jesus and his disciple did not end at the close of chapter 13. It continued on chapter 14. So as we read these verses, in the context of the story, Jesus is speaking directly to Peter. To this disciple who has just been confronted with the fact that he is going to deny his master. But he doesn't understand it. He doesn't want to believe it. But Jesus, as he always does in times of our distress, reaches out and tells Peter in chapter, in chapter 14, verse 1, Peter, Jesus says, Peter, you will deny me, but let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, are many mansions. You see, Adriana read it right. In the original text, it says rooms. That means that we're going to be living in God's mansion. I'll say amen for you. Amen. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Amen. And I receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. What a master. He's telling Peter, Peter, you will deny me. You will fail to testify of me. You will run. You will feel alone and lonely. You will feel pain and distress. But Peter, oh Peter, don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, you believe also in me. I promise you, Peter, that in my father's house, there are, there is a mansion just for you. And when I leave here, I go and prepare a place for you. And I promise that I will come again. Oh, friends, I, you know, I want to share with you this morning that this promise was not just for Peter. This promise is for each and every single person here right now. Jesus is telling me right now. He is telling you right now. I know that your life is hard. That there are times that when you're lonely. That there are times when, when because of your depression, because of your pressures of this world, you have denied me with your actions and with your words. But I am telling you here today, that I go to prepare a place for you and I will come again to take you home. You see, friends, 
We know the story of Peter's denial. We know that by heart. We knew that he denied Jesus. We know that, that when he sat by that fire in that courtyard, while his master was being judged, while his, he, he was being beaten, while his master was being spit on, and while he was being falsely accused, Peter was afraid. And instead of showing courage, instead of standing up for what he believed, fear overtook him and Peter denied Jesus. He cursed and lied about Jesus. But you see, friends, in that story, a sad story, there's hope. We find hope because even before Peter denied his master, Jesus assured him, and he assures you this morning, he is saying to us, Oh, beloved, I know that you have denied me. I know that you have sinned. I know that you feel sin is overwhelming you, that there is no turning back. And Jesus is right next to you this morning telling you, I came here to die for your sins. And in your worst moments, when things with your marriage are not looking good, when things are not looking good in the church, Jesus is saying to you, don't worry. When your husband walks out or your wife turned out to be no good, Jesus is saying to you, don't worry. You may not feel like you're doing anything, but God says, hold on just a little bit longer. I've already gone before you and I'm preparing a place for you. Yes, I got spit on. Yes, I got hit for you. I wore the crown of thorns for you. And your name is inscribed in the palms of my hands by those nails that hung me on that cross to die for you. And we see the world falling apart around us. The, 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 the unspeakable crimes taking place. Mothers killing their children. Sexual immorality running rampant. Governments limiting, limiting the rights of its people. Natural disasters increasing in frequency and intensity. We see that every day. But you may be asking this morning, Mario, with all that stuff going on, how can I say that Jesus loves me? This I know, for the Bible tells me so. How? Well, friends, it's very simple. I can tell you that this is true this morning. Because after the upper room, our Savior went to a garden to pray. He prayed for his disciples and he prayed for you and me. He prayed that he would fulfill his Father's will to save mankind from sin and reconcile us back to the Father. I can tell you that Jesus loves me this I know because in the same garden a traitor came and with a kiss let evil to apprehend our Savior. I can tell you that the Bible tells me so because as he was beaten 
and bruised for our transgression. He went to that cross as a lamb to the slaughter. Friends, this morning I can tell you that Jesus loves me and he loves you too. Because the Bible tells me that this beautiful hands, the beautiful hands of Jesus were pierced. Those hands that healed. Those hands that comforted. Those hands that broke bread. Those hands that, that wish Peter's, that, that washed Peter's feet. They were nailed to the cross. To the rugged cross for you and for me. I can tell you that he loves me and he loves you. Because his feet were nailed cruelly to that cross on Calvary. And he hung that, on that cross with the crown of thorns piercing his brow. He hung there for you and for me. I can tell you that Jesus loves me and he loves you. Because with all the weights of humanity's sin upon him, with his broken heart exposed, he cried out, it is finished. And victory was obtained. Your victory, my victory. In Jesus, we have victory. Oh, friends, I can tell you that this morning that Jesus loves me and you because on that Friday afternoon, the preparation day, he was laid on that cold tomb. He rested on the Sabbath. And on the third day, he rose again and tells us this morning those words that we find in Revelation 1.18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Oh, friends, I believe in him because he tells me Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. Friends, this morning I can tell you that Jesus, that, that he, he loves you because he is asking you. He is calling you. He is knocking at the door of your heart. And all you have to do is let him in. He loves you because he's telling you this morning, don't let your heart be troubled. In my father's house, there are many mansions. I came here to die for you. And I came back to life for you. I ascended to heaven for you and I will come again to take you home. Armenia, 1989. There was an earthquake, 8.3 on the, on the Richter scale. 30,000 people died in five minutes. An old Armenian man walked his kid to school. The name of his son was Armin. As he took Armin to school, he was walking back up a hill. When the earth began to shake... He looked back and the school collapsed. It appeared that every child was dead. The dad always told his son, son, whatever happens to you in life, 
always know that your dad is always here for you. The father ran back to the school. And all he found was a big pile of rubble and steel. Other parents were there, gathered there. They were wailing and crying. Children were dead all over the place. But one man began to dig through the rubble. He dug for one hour. He dug for three hours. He dug for three hours and four and five hours. And the other parents began to say, you're crazy. What are you doing? The children are dead. And he said, I will find my boy's body dead or alive. He dug for, for, for six, seven, eight, nine hours. There were aftershocks, gas main breaks, and fires ignited throughout the city. The firemen came and said, come home, come home. And the father just put up his bloody hands and said, would you help me now, please? I just, went, I just need to find my son. Would you help me? I just need to find my boy. He dug for 25 hours. For 30 hours. He dug a narrow tunnel through the rubble. And as he was calling his boy, Armin, Armin, the police came and told him, you have to go home. And all of the father could say, would you help me? Would you help me now? His hands were really bloody now. Sweat was falling down his face. He was filthy and dirty, digging through the rubble. And he called his son's name, Armin. Armin. And he heard faintly, Daddy, I knew you would come. Daddy, I knew you would come. And there are 15 other children with me. You see, when the earthquake occurred, the cement floor broke in half and formed a V. And in that air pocket was Armin and 15 other children. That father puts his hands around his boy and said, we're going home. We're going home. Jesus loves me, this I know. Because he looked through the rubble of this world. He looked through the ruins of this world. And when others said, give up, there's no hope. Jesus looked through the ruins of this world. And with his bloody hands, he came and found me. And he embraced me. And he said to me, we're going home. We're going home. But he didn't leave it there. He said to me, would you come and help me? Come and help me now, Mario. You see, the reason why I preach is because Jesus took 33 years looking through the rubbles of my life to save me. And the same way that he did it for me. Jesus is digging through the rubble of your life. Do you hear God's calling you? Do you hear God calling you today? Nothing you can do could make him love you more. And nothing that you have done could make him close this door. Because of his great love.
He gave his only son. And everything was done so you would come. I want you to listen to this song. in his eyes because of his great love he gave his only son and everything was done so you would come nothing you can do could make him love you Could make him close the door Because of his great love He gave his only son And everything was done So you would come Come to the Father He will take them all. The power of the word, the power of his blood. And everything was done so you would come. Come to the Father. Take them all. The power of the word, the power of his blood, and everything was done so you would come. The power of the word, the power of his blood. see that Jesus this morning? Are you struggling to keep your family together? 
Have you lost your family and you feel lonely and maybe you feel like you are, you are no good? Maybe you're going through financial struggles. You have, you know, do you feel like you have done so much that is wrong that he can never forgive you? Maybe someone had did you wrong in the church and you, you, your heart is hurting. He did all that so you will come to him. So you will come to him. See, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe that someone just showed up in a sermon and, and you know, it was just miraculous. There are people here that know that they need more than what they have right now because you cannot do it on your own. You have tried, but you have failed time and time again. You know that you need to make a fresh start, but a fresh start with Jesus. Friends, your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. Maybe there's somebody here because our church is in retreat. Maybe they say, well, let me stop by to hear the sermon. But you have heard and seen Jesus Christ. And Jesus is telling you, it's not about the church. It's not about the people of the church. It's about me. I came here for you. I was nailed to that cross for you. And maybe you want a fresh start with Jesus. If you want a fresh start with Jesus and you, you, were, you were coming to church, but now you're not coming at all, just raise your hand and tell, hey, Jesus, you don't want to come back. It's time for a fresh start. Maybe you're here because, you know, people say, you know, you need to come to church, but you have been thinking that, hey, you know what? I need to learn from the Bible. I need to learn this book. I want to, you know, I want to study it. I want to get to know Jesus in a, in, a more, in a more personal basis. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. If you want to learn more about Jesus, just raise your hand. I know you're out there. Praise God. Praise God. Folks, I know the Holy Spirit is talking right now. And you want to say yes to Jesus. And he did it all so you will come. Maybe there are people here that have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And then this morning you have, you have seen him. You said, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I, we just proved you with the Bible that the Bible does say that. This is, not a, this is not a joke anymore. We are at the end of times. And Jesus is saying, I want you to come back to me. You belong to me. You don't belong to this world. If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to make that decision this morning, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let us pray. Father in heaven, you have seen. We have seen Jesus. We have seen his his sacrifice 
his brutal murder. We have seen him take the, all of the sins of this world upon himself. And he said on the cross, it is finished. It is finished, Lord, and we thank you for that. Because, because of the death of Jesus, Father, I am alive today. And we all are alive here because we believe that he is our master. He is our creator. Father, there are many people here that need to make a decision for Jesus. The time is running out. And we just put it off. Well, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. There's no time to waste anymore. There's no time to waste. Jesus loved me so much. And we love you too. Lord, please be with us as we go on with the Sabbath. And Lord, we ask you, be with those that did not make that decision this morning. And show them that you are such a powerful God. And that anything that they're going through right now is just temporary. We have all eternity to spend with Jesus Christ. I ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. They are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can feel free to learn more about them at frederickSDAChurch.org. For more podcasts, you can click on Sermon Audio. 